Um, <laughs> it's, it's always that terrible feeling when you know you, you can see the window closing when you can deliver a joke and then you leap in at the last second with a bad joke. Um, but uh, you guys still there? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. are. I'm, I'm watching. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm watching the levels. I'm just trying to figure out what's what's going to work. In, in You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. So welcome to another episode of Can't Sell This. Hugh Hello. and I, Stefan, are here. And this week, we have another special guest. Uh, I'm really excited about this one, Hugh. Uh, this is a guest that I know fairly well and I have worked with in the past. Uh, so, Mike Kinahan, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, okay, so my name is Mike Kinahan. Um, I'm a writer. Uh, I write uh comics, uh, cartoons, screenplays. Um, I'm based in Dublin, Ireland, and um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're connecting with, and we're co- connecting with Mike through Google Hangout, which is a, a we we we've tried phone calls and we've tried in studio with Skype, and now we're on Google Hangout. So we're testing every manner of uh, streaming service we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I th- While on, you know, by separately recording it uh, as well. So this is great. Is this our furthest uh, geographic recording? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think so. We'll have to mail Mike a pen. Yes. See. Which we'll get there sometime in the year 2021. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how mailing works anymore. I don't mail anything. Well, you'll be mailing this one, so... You can figure it out. You're, you're, you're a good guy. So uh, <laughs> I, I asked briefly, um, Mike, about uh, your your backstory with Stefan, but what is your your backstory in general? Mm, I, I probably should have um, prepared this more, but it, it did occur to me that I asked it with this question, um, but I didn't actually answer it for myself. So I studied film and TV in, um, in, uh, in Dublin in a, a college called uh, the Institute of Art and Design Technology. Um, prior to that, I uh, I was born born in Mayo, uh, which is a county in the west of Ireland. It's not a popular condiment. Um, <laughs> it, it, um, which was it was funny moving to 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 cause I lived in Toronto for a couple of years, and it's funny moving to Toronto. And like when I said I'm from Mayo, everyone went like, "Oh, like mayonnaise," and I'm like, "Wow, oh, well, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I've lived there my whole life." Um, but um, anyway, that's where I was from. Uh, I uh, moved to Galway after secondary school. Um, and I wound up like doing, I guess, a community college course in film and TV stuff, and did quite well there. Wound up uh, working as an editor for a while before I went to college. Um, I uh, and after college, I was uh, editing as well, like as a video editor. And then um, I kind of had the, the realization that like what I I always had been saying was that like I was editing to support writing, um, and realizing that write that editing in and of itself is a such a huge behemoth to focus on and take on well that like it was just leaving no time for the mm. writing like the, the conscious decision to go like none of that no more of that right. thank you and then i completely on writing um and uh got funding for some work here through um film base rt rt being our, our national broadcaster to make um to make a short which i and then i moved to toronto where i met stefan and i showed him this short and it was kind of one one of the ways that i wound up like 
getting to work with Stefan and uh, Secret Location on the um, hybrid TV VR web series Halcyon for um, sci-fi. Then after I moved back to Ireland, um, I worked with the Canadian publisher to uh, co-create and write a comic book series named uh, Zomben uh, that got released internationally. And uh, after that, um, or around that time as well, I worked on a Disney cartoon named Space Chickens in Space, <laughs> um, which is broadcasting right now on Disney XD um, in the UK and in the, all over the world. Um, and that's a garbled version of what brought me to the planet <laughs> right now. I, you know, uh, that's there's a lot more, there's a lot more detail no, that could be there. I, I think, I think that's pretty and, good. Like that's, that's a quite an extensive list of events that leads you to today. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. That's what yep. I wanted to hear. So that's, that's perfect. Uh, Stefan, I'm going to let you uh, lead some of this. Cause I think you probably have a few questions of your own. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, Mike and I, uh, we, we met here in Toronto through this writing course that we were taking uh, with with a prominent comic book writer. And um, I remember Mike talking about his, his short film, which was fantastic. I remember when I finally got to see it, I really enjoyed it. And then when we were ramping up on Halcyon and, and needed needed to get some writing staff, I was like, well, I know a guy. I know a guy that we should hire to do this. And I think that, that, that guy fell through, and then I. Yeah. <laughs> Scheduling yeah. is what it is. It's just great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess Mike will have to do. Yeah. Um, no, but but in all seriousness, uh, one of the things that I always uh, loved about uh, hanging out with Mike was just we would spitball story ideas, much like Hugh, you and I do on the show. So oh. uh, you know, when we when we start talking about guests, I thought. Mike, Mike is going to make a good guess. Yeah, I think Mike came up pretty and, early in conversations when we started yeah. talking about guests. You 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 mentioned Mike. Mm-hmm. I, I said, "Well, yeah, sounds great. Let's make that happen." And here we are. Yeah, and I guess a lot of the conversation then became about, "Okay, well, what are we going to have Mike talk about?" And luckily enough, when I talked to Mike about being a guest, he said he had something that he wanted to discuss. Mm-hmm. Well, it was more so when you mentioned the the theme of the podcast. It was the first idea that came into my head. Oh. And it was I kind of took that as being fairly fateful, even though like I had more probably had more developed ideas that could be spoken about. But this was just like, shall I launch into the the, the backstory, of the circumstance, or shall we? Yeah, sure. So this is your this is your uh, the idea that you could not sell. <laughs> yes, or the idea that I haven't developed to the point to that point at all because i didn't feel that it was like one that i could sell at this point uh-huh, you know okay I mean? yeah and, let's go with yeah. it and because it's kind of like i thought for the sake of like okay i'll go to it so this time this time last year or like early last year i kind of took on the i don't know like a, a, an experiment where like i would write down like five ideas every day um it started out being 25 or so <laughs> just, but always, always with the preamble of wouldn't it be fun to write a story about fun being the operative word yeah. you know and, and 25 turned into work an, also like, see. oh my god 25 that's just... yeah yeah 25 well let's just take the two <laughs> off here and uh <laughs> well, I, 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 actually what kind of started happening was because at the start it was just like it'd just be like a line do you know what i mean wouldn't it be fun to write a story about uh if van helsing and, and dracula were buddy cops do you know that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of the first one i wrote and i was like haha this is fun to do but then as I went along, I started to realize that the ideas were just getting longer and longer. It was, it was kind of taking me longer and longer. So like where I would have written 25, 
five on one page. Now it was like five were taken up a page. Right. So because you're developing the idea further and further than you intended to? Yeah. I just couldn't kind of help myself. I just, or I'd start, I just start writing and I, I'd have a first idea and I was like, that's not actually fun or that's really boring. And then I'd add another thing to it and another thing to it. And eventually it would be like half a page for one idea. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, I can easily see how that would happen because right now I'm already starting to see a uh, scene. Van Helsing, Dracula, get in my office right now. Yeah. 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 Because you've, spoke, you've spoken about, um, was it Black Creek? Was that what the, yeah, the yeah. Um, Frank- uh-huh. Frankenstein? Like, you know, kind of, you could definitely see that sitting in the same universe if you're so inclined. Yeah. <laughs> um, Very much so. That's actually what I wanted to talk to you guys about, too, as this progresses. I won't derail too far, because, like, I've listened to a few episodes now and talked to you, Stefan, about some of the ideas. And it has, has been, like, cycling around Dublin, listening to your podcast, and kind of going, like, oh, I got an idea for... I, I, it's like... Uh-huh talking to myself as if I was on the podcast with you guys. It's like, what if Owen has like, he's got that like brittle bone disease and he was a, an amazing hand model as a kid, but he broke his hands and they're reformed into a weird shape. So now that's why he's the head of a hand modeling agency because he can never do it for himself. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, listen, yeah. let's, let's okay. move those to the, I, I, we're definitely the second half of this episode is going to be entirely about you with your ideas about our yeah. stuff. And that's, I think that's great. Let's, <laughs> I want to talk more about the, 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 this concept of um, yeah. you, you set yourself a goal. How long were you doing this? I think it was about seven or eight months. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so like, kind of, like, like, it wound up being, like, five days. Five days out of the seven, I, I'd wind up, like, if I was just, you know, on public transport or it's kind of, like, first thing in the morning, even, I would just, like, write down. Right. In, in batch of five. Like some day it could be 10, some days it could be 15, but mostly it was kind of like I tried to hit at least five, you know? And did you ever, did you ever um, say to yourself, well, this sounds really similar to something from a while back and you'd peel back to those things or, or were you always intentionally yeah. doing something new? I Usually I would try, the fun of it was trying to come up with something new and it, it was kind of off the back of a writing exercise I'd done in a book um, that was like, you know, kind of blue sky, what would be fun to do? Because s- sometimes when you're i don't know in a creative field you'll often like put a lot of restrictions on yourself or you'll mm-hmm. in, in an effort to be a disciplined creative you'll often like punish yourself with restrictions um like the word discipline is not too far from the word punishment i find yeah and in an effort to kind of like remind myself what actually was fun and have that be the primary fuel you know mm-hmm. um it so it was like if if an idea wound up like being like one that was there before it was like nah like it, it's fun to come up with a new idea do you know i wasn't just trying to like just tick a box it was like this is this is if if the the charge of the creative life or the writing life or whatever you want to call it is having a, a new exciting idea then i'm just giving myself a new a new gift every day i'm getting to play a great game of collaboration with myself mm-hmm. and so so did one uh, one of those ideas is is that what we're talking about where one idea is like yeah. overarching going like oh i really really want to do this but uh yeah i mean what well, because actually some of the ideas have like they were never being written with the mind that i would ever make them but then after a while i realized like i had just spent eight months incubating a bunch of a bunch of cool ideas so now i actually am kind of like plucking some of them out and developing them further this particular one is one that i when i was going through my notebooks i really liked but it's it's still kind of in a very loose conceptual phase, state. So like, from this this the spirit of, I guess, uh, experimentation that it was born. I thought I kind of would throw it out here to the, 
in, into the into the pack here to see what happens to it from that concept stage and see what we can kind of draw out of it for the sake of an experiment on the podcast. Well, that sounds um, like exactly what we want. <laughs> It, I, I did more. I did more developing on it in the last two hours than I kind of did ever in, before. in preparation so for recording. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Pretty, pretty much. Um, like, I could see a big black hole in the middle. Of, okay, I'm going to keep, stop building it up. Right now, it's called uh, diaspora. But if you can imagine diaspora be written in the Disney font, <laughs> it follows a group of characters thrown together because their fictional universes are acquired by Disney and brought under the Disney umbrella, who grow to value each other as a family while trying to deal with their identities as characters that pop culture has forgotten. So imagine all of the Disney properties living together in a city, like Disneyburg, perhaps Disneyville, Disneyton, whatever comes to mind, in different sectors or neighborhoods, depending on their franchise universe affiliations, and their output in media, as we understand it, is what we see on the air, but otherwise they live about their lives in this city. Um, and, and our in is Captain America, but not the Captain America from Marvel, but another Captain America from another shared universe that Disney now owns, who was the top of the heap character in his universe, but now in the Disney universe, there's not a place for him relative to the one that already exists. So if you can kind of think like the Captain Marvel situation we're finding ourselves in right now, where we have a Captain Marvel movie in the cinema, and we have Shazam in the cinema at the same time, who originally was named Captain Marvel, and he was there first as a character. Yeah. But because he did the cinema in time and wasn't part of the kind of the Marvel uh, 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 machinery, he's now, you can't be Captain Marvel anymore. You've got to do something else. Yeah. So he's got to live in this rundown neighborhood with all these other characters that Disney's acquired but doesn't have a use for yet or <laughs> at all. So characters like, if you've ever heard of Donkey Skin, Donkey Skin was a fairy tale princess, but her backstory is so horrifying that she'd never make it as a Disney character. Gilford, <laughs> um, uh, who's kind of a puppet or a muppet, but he's he had and he would have had like a little boy voice, but now he sounds around sixty from like living in like self like self abusing kind of scenario in this rundown neighborhood. <laughs> and then I think it's Rolf who who kind of be like a non verbal cartoon animal from like kind of Soviet cartoon days who wound up getting acquired under a Disney a Disney buyout or whatever. <laughs> um, these are all characters I've made up in the last half an hour. Or so don't oh know. man. <laughs> Apart from Donkey Skin, Donkey Skin obviously exists, and Captain America obviously exists. Um, and our Captain America, the guy from this universe, can't accept his new status as not even second tier, but as being confined to the trash heap of culture. So he endeavors to get back on top, whatever it takes, but he's forced to ask what's important to him, prestige and status, or the people he comes to love who accept him for who he is. So that's the gist of it, as I've developed it in the last couple of hours. But before that, it was just a family... Um, who are members of a fictional universe that are acquired by Disney have to deal with their new reality. But I kind of wanted to develop it a bit further just for the talk because I could see a huge black hole where characters are supposed to right. be. Right. Wow. Um, <laughs> so as you can guess, it's like it's definitely animation, either a movie or a TV show, but that would depend on what we could keep exploring with the characters. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of opportunity to explore different things in different directions from the premise, I think. I just picked those characters because they were what was coming to mind in the this conversation, you know. Right. What, what is the horrifying backstory of Donkey Skin? So Don, <laughs> Donkey Skin, it, it, it's, I don't know if I, I maybe I've sworn a bunch of times already, but it's cool to swear. Oh yeah. Because I probably will until the story. So Donkey Skin, basically, the queen dies, uh, and she tells the king that he can't marry anybody else unless she's as beautiful and as exciting as she is. 
and he quickly realizes while scouring the land that nobody is as interesting or beautiful as his dead wife uh, except for their own daughter um, <laughs> so, he wants, so he wants to marry donkey skin sorry he wants to marry the daughter um, but she doesn't want to be married to her father so she consults a fairy godmother who tells her basically what you got to do is ask him for a bunch of outlandish shit that he'll never give you and then you won't have to get married to him so she asks for like a dress the color of the sun something else like the color of the moon whatever I can't remember exactly the details but also she asks for the hide of his prized donkey. Now, his prized donkey literally shits gold. Um, and that's the source of all the um, the money in the kingdom. <laughs> so she's never going to give her the donkey skin, but he does. He kills the donkey and gives her the hide. So now she's got to marry her dad, but she doesn't want to do that. So she packs up all her shit and she escapes from the kingdom using the donkey skin as a disguise. She winds up... Um, moving uh she winds up finding refuge in a, a, a farm in another kingdom a royal farm and by day she wears a donkey skin she's a horrifying creature by night she wears her like cool gowns that she got from her her, her creepy dad and um, <laughs> creepy dad. <laughs> by, by the um by the prince of this particular family when she's dressed in her gowns and she's uh, amazingly beautiful and charming etc and he resolves he wants to, to marry Donkey Skin. I can't remember the exact details, but he wants Donkey Skin to make him a meal. And he and his parents are horrified by this prospect, but they go with it. Donkey Skin makes him a meal, but a ring accidentally drops from Donkey Skin's finger into his pie. He takes out the ring and he goes, whosoever this ring shall fit um, shall be my wife. Well, it's obviously not it Donkey Skin because it falls off her finger. So... All right, <laughs> <laughs> But he, um, he, he puts the skin on Donkey Skin's finger. Uh, it fits her perfectly. She's amazingly beautiful. They get married. His parents are reconciled because Donkey Skin, hey, she's great. Um, and it turns out that Donkey Skin's dad got married to, her, to a beautiful widow. So everyone lives happily ever after. Uh, so that's Donkey Skin. So you can imagine Captain America in, in his like dingy apartment living with Donkey Skin now or whatever. Right. And like Donkey Skin telling him the horrible backstory of why she's not a prominent like Disney princess. And he's like, right, 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 cool, cool, cool. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Of, well, that's awkward. Does she still wear the the, the like donkey skin suit? Is that I like think, a? I think she would. Maybe it's like a maybe it's a rug. So the, the yeah. donkey skin rug that they that they never get yeah. on because it's too scratchy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Or something on the yeah, wall. Yeah, it's hung on the wall. Um, or it's the, weird that they or something in the it's press. So weird you that know? we kept this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Captain America and Donkey Skin. That is a so that isn't actually yeah. you're just making this up. This is not an actual Disney princess that's failed. Donkey Skin is a real fable. Oh my god, that's a real fable. Donkey Skin is a real like kind of Grimm's fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. I wish I made it up. I, I have made up a bunch of fake fairy tales for things in the past, oh, but um Wow. I didn't make that up. That's a real thing. And that's what would be kind of fun about it, because like, if you can take into account like when Disney were trying to develop um uh the movie that eventually became Frozen. The Ice Yeah the Ice Queen, Queen. Oh, yeah yeah um, Hans Christian Anderson Ice Queen story, yeah. yeah. Where she's actually evil. Uh, like And that was meant to be I think their first that was meant to predate Snow White. They were working on that before yeah, Snow White. Yeah, yeah. I saw some making of stuff because I'm you know I have a daughter. <laughs> so But yeah, so it'd be kind of interesting to think that they had also like I mean, I guess in terms of things like fairy tales, like rights are a pretty murky area for the premise of this, this story. But like, 
you know, that they were they were developing this property for years. They didn't know how to develop it because of the intense darkness of the backstory. So it wound up just kind of getting put on hold, and that's where Donkey Skin is. Maybe that's Donkey Skin's hope is that someday she could like elevate and. Oh yeah. yeah, she's like she wants to get out of this this like yeah. loose IP ghetto that is stuff that Disney owns but doesn't know what to do with, and she's like like someday they're gonna get me out of here and they're gonna make like a real CG movie about me. Yeah, yeah. like the um, Nazi propaganda yeah. cartoon character. Oh no, <laughs> it's called Zig Heil or something. I think that's okay, so that's okay, right? And Captain America is down the hall from Zig Heil, the cartoon character, Nazi guy that, that Disney he's acquired. Like, it's just his character, yeah, yeah, right? Just a, it's just yeah. his character. So, like the, the like the the actual guy living in the in the hood is just like totally nice and you know like apolitical. But he's like, I, no, no, no. That's just like no. That's it's just, what I just a character for... I played in these yeah, movies. Not... I don't. I'm not like yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always being typecast as the villain. I'm I, what I want to do is I want to have a cooking show. I can yeah. sing quite well too. I don't know yeah. why you don't ask me to sing with this donkey skin. She's got this beautiful voice. And anyways, I went I went down yeah, a different I'm, route here. I'm, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to like assess, assess what I should be chiming in here because I don't want to be recorded. So I'm gonna hold my tongue for the moment. <laughs> oh, you already have that character written down. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I haven't. Chime yeah. in, chime in. We we yeah. we can stop ad libbing it any moment it's just it's i no no, no please i live away i just uh, uh i guess from being an honest perspective it's like i've worked for disney i hope to work for them in the future so if i'm kind of like ad-libbing like nazi characters living in disneyland i'm kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> well remember this is the show called can't sell this yeah right? so yeah. we're not necessarily talking about ideas that you actually could do with disney yeah. Nobody from Disney's listening to this episode. <laughs> just no yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Although I really like the character, yeah. so yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be kind of great. I mean, that that'd be kind of the fun of it. Would be like just the downtown spires of like Star Wars and Avengers and all that kind that of stuff. that you can see from the distance, <laughs> the sparkling stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I just really want to get there. That's nice. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got again the ghetto where you've got all these like reject mm-hmm. characters that you could just like make up to your heart's desire, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got like Zekyle, and you've got like fucking you know Red Dead, and you've got like um, whoever else kind of. Because I mean, again, this is the most interesting thing with our, our like Disney as an expression of kind of like mm-hmm. um, capitalism right now, I suppose, and as an element in our culture is like they did just buy Fox, so they own all yeah. Alien, The Simpsons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything's in there. So. But I think it's also the idea that they're buying up IP, mm-hmm. uh, and in many cases they have plans for what they want to do with that IP that may not include things that other people have done. Probably the most uh, public version of that right now is the whole, the whole X-Men thing, where we're seeing that, you know, well, X-Men is now part of the Marvel Universe, which is part of Disney, and uh, so this movie that comes out this this year is really pointless. <laughs> it might be a good movie, but it is definitely going to be the last one, because Disney wants to do something completely yeah. different with that franchise now that they own it. Yeah, so, and, what, and what are you going to do with two Quicksilvers? Do you know what I mean as well? Like yeah, that. exactly. So so that there's a character, Quicksilver, from the Marvel movies. He's like, well, I'm done. Yeah. I'm I'm going to live in that ghetto now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's interesting to think then, say, like, because, again, I, I just threw I, – I knew I wanted a family. Um, but when I was sitting down in the two hours before this conversation and thinking about it, 
I kind of realized I didn't really want like a, a family that was like a, a regular like nuclear family because I kind of felt like it'd be like Fantastic yeah, Four, yeah. which would kind of just be the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always have such a soft spot for friends who are thrown together, who become a family and accept each other as belonging together. And I felt that that would be something I'd be very much, I guess, like engaged with. So do you, do you, do you see it as like, like each episode or whatever format this would take, each episode is essentially like one of them having an attempt to resell their IP to Disney or there's somebody that, that they have to deal with and, and the, the other characters are helping them along or honestly, I, I, I haven't got an idea. <laughs> kind of, again, I, I just made up these characters in the last couple hours. Right. So it's like, <laughs> I, I, I only heard a donkey skin at like, what time is it now? It's nine o'clock. I only heard a donkey skin at like six <laughs> when my, 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 my lady friend was telling me about, about it. And I was like, oh my God, I got to Google that shit. And then I was like, this seems like a perfect character to engage with in the story. <laughs> element in place for the family. Because like, I had this idea for like, Guilford would be like a Muppet character who was kind of like, I guess like an Elmo kind of character, but he's like, he's aged in real time since he got acquired. So now he's like, he looks the same, but he's maybe really wizened and he's got a really gruff old voice. Right. But he's also still a, he's also still a little boy in the family. So like, you know, Captain America does kind of somehow manage to get rebranded as, you know, Flagman and he gets like, he gets to go to like glittering Avengers Tower and like he has to leave behind the little kid who was also an old oh, man. You're, you're leaving oh, me here. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know? so, so I'm like the vibe I'm getting from this. A movie. It feels like a movie right now. But, well, to me, it actually could also like, I'm thinking uh, animated series. And I'd be happy with that too. And and I'm. Uh, do you guys remember a? Uh, oh God, probably not. But there was this animated series that came out late '90s, early 2000s, uh, called Mission Hill. No, Ring any bells? No. No. Okay. Yeah, I I don't think it lasted more than a season. Uh, I remember I loved it mainly for its its art style, but it was just about a bunch of people. Um, it was kind of like, oh God, what's the big grunge movie, and why can I not? think of the name reality bites no the other one <laughs> singles singles thank you it is really the only there other only one. two right <laughs> yeah. um you know where singles they all lived in that one apartment complex i think it's something along those lines but at mission hill i think was more of like a, a neighborhood um so i kind of see it as being about this neighborhood centered around the, mm. like a, a several characters and just sort of their ongoing life good and bad and the things that have, like I'm, I'm seeing how you know one episode would be uh you know the the alan moore analog isn't is, is like he's looking to find some of the old uh, characters that he can put together into like a watchman style yeah, yeah, yeah. grim and gritty reboot or and ordinary gentleman or something yeah, and so everyone's like, "Oh, we got to show them how grim and gritty we are," and they're just trying to yeah. all act out of character <laughs> the Muppet to guy prove too. to Alan Moore that they yeah. can be in his like super, uh, like like R rated reboot. He picks up Gilbert because Gilbert's the only one who's been really gritty. And, and yeah, 
<laughs> or he's in town specifically because Zeke Kyle's there, and he's like, "No, I don't want to do these types of things no, anymore." It's, I'm typecast every time with you people. Yeah. This is so you don't understand, Zeke Kyle. I'm gonna make you. It's gonna, you're gonna be really like three dimensional. You know, we're gonna understand why you do the terrible things that you do. It's like I don't do terrible I've things. I've never <laughs> once done the terrible thing. Yeah. This is this, this, yeah. it's all about angles and camera editing. I did not sing. Yeah, I, I, I am Heilberg. I did not choose to be this character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Almost, almost like a um, a take on these characters. The way that Who Framed Roger Rabbit really took on the idea of cartoon characters being roles that that actors play, and the actors are also animated, or even just the character. You know, there's so many possibilities here. Characters that weren't even cartoons. You know, that started mm-hmm. as like a toy and never made it past that mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. Like a toy character who's like, I always wanted to be in Toy Story, but you know, they I, I was printed as a as a kid's toy and and uh, was a choking hazard, so they removed me from shelves. That's that was the end of my career. Now I'm just here as this toy with a giant choking hazard warning label on them. <laughs> I, was a, I was a transforming robot, part of a household yeah. appliance series that uh, never really took <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. I was a stove. Or, the choking hazard Oh, version. man. I feel like this is something that would be right up Guillermo del Toro's alley. Like, all the misfits <laughs> coming together, and despite all their misfitness, just you know, supporting yeah. each other and, and, and living together. That would be so awesome. <laughs> because when I, when I had the idea first, I kind of felt like this is a, an animated series. And then just as I was kind of like exploring it in the last couple hours, like kind of seeing the shape of a feature film kind of presents itself. But it might mm-hmm. not be the feature. It might just be the first episode, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, I could see something swirling around the Captain America character where like you could imagine like him arriving there and maybe he even tries to like become... Because you know, like they kind of, they reappropriate the backstory for characters to be different kinds of characters yes. in the Marvel universe, say. So like it could be like, okay, well we think that, you know, you might even be Captain America, but you could be, you know, the sidekick to the sidekick to the sidekick or whatever. And he's like, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I, I can't be that guy. He, he can't let go of his own ego and expectations about yeah. how amazing he is. And again, his whole outward persona is being like stoic and heroic when actually he's desperately insecure. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, it's the only person he really needs to say it was himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And in the uh, movie versus series sort of debate, this feels kind of like Zootopia to me, where Zootopia was a perfectly fine movie. Yeah. But also in watching that movie, I can see how this could become a series. I can see how they could turn this into into something with a lot less change and work than, let's say, something like uh, Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. Which to me was like, it was a movie. It was very plot and character driven. Uh, and then when they turned it into a series, there was, well, we got to add more characters. And we've got to add, you know, like we got to work on the build on the themes of, of the film to create a series, which worked. So I'm not saying that the longevity of that show, you know, didn't work, but it was, it was definitely something that they had to build into it. Whereas the idea of this neighborhood almost, you know, sets itself up for multiple mm-hmm. stories that could go on. So yeah, it could be either. Well, I, I, it would be finding what the kind of stories are. Cause mm-hmm. I guess I've found in the past from my own experience of myself, like learning about the kind of writer I am is that I, I do quite like adventures. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, I don't need, I don't mean like necessarily an adventure where it's like particularly conspicuous. Cause it's like really overt. Um, right. The tropes, but like slice of light. So say like a show, like regular show, I think is a great show. Um, but I know that I'm, tend to be way more drawn to the adventure side of it than the regular side of it. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. I was working on something for a while there, which I, I think I, I've shared with you before, Stefan. And it was basically set in a 
a shop for questing heroes where like they go to the store they buy like the singing sword of ankh Mazil or whatever and the shield whatever they want so they could go to mordor but it would just be set in the shop and following the characters in the shop and i really liked the idea but i banged my head off it for four months before i realized the thing that needs to make this idea work for me is to take the shop out of it and like <laughs> the show was named after the store and the whole premise had been the store but i kind of realized maybe that that was just the portal i found into the story and then i had to close that portal behind me and do something different i just was finding any time i was writing stuff set outside the shop that was kind of their characters are going on an adventure i was really excited whenever i brought it back to what was apparently meant to be the meat of the show i kind of really i see it. yeah so it's like i guess how would i find because say like zootopia <laughs> zootopia is like which is called zootropolis in europe i don't really know why um really it doesn't make any sense it doesn't well make, it's not a pun it, you know, Zootopolis, <laughs> is a Zootropolis is just a weird portmanteau. Um, hmm. But anyway, it was, um, it's just, it's a procedural, you know? Um, that's where you could generate more and more stories from. Right. Well, see, you know what's interesting is is that the idea, uh, instantly the second you, when you started talking about this, this store, all I could think was is skits, like real quick, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just, just little skits where it's like the, you're at the shop and it's the, you see the door and it fades to the guy behind the counter and some guy comes in and he's like, Oh my God, do you have such and such and such and such? And it's like, I do. And it's half off, you know? And it's like this whole thing where, yeah. where maybe there's like just a really thunderous sound and, and he's haggling while the store is being buffeted <laughs> yeah. by like yeah. a dragon or something. Yeah. And the guy's like, I just need the sword. Come on. You know, like that sort yeah. of thing. Oh, it's in here somewhere. Uh, let me just take another look. Oh, gee. There's the sound of cracking yeah. timbers. And <laughs> it's just give me a second, guys. Just hold. Or like the party that drags in the dead character. <laughs> and they're like, do you have any any scrolls of resurrection? I do. And then like, yeah, well, we have we have one. But it, it but it's mm. going to cost you 30 gold pieces. And they're like, oh. Pooling their resources mm, and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if we really liked Earl that much. Have you checked yeah. the body? <laughs> <laughs> for the 30 gold pieces yeah. oh no we've checked him thoroughly yeah. oh yeah he's, he's got, got nothing left he's nothing left we do have a, a scroll of resurrection for 30 gold coins we've got a scroll of insurrection for 20 gold coins <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that sounds similar enough I guess <laughs> <laughs> um, I can also make him into a puppet for yeah. one gold so you could bring him around and (laughs) it's really a stick with a bunch of strings so (laughs) one of you has to be really tall (laughs) or you can buy this stool to take with you (laughs) which is another gold (laughs) oh god okay what i was pretty finding with it was that it was kind of like it was sketchy um and like i i was finding so i had a character that i I was trying to do this, like, the pitch was like, it's Best Buy, but in Mordor or whatever. But because it was, but it was not quite Best Buy in Mordor, because it was like, it was a shop in Mordor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wasn't a fish out of water quality. It wasn't like a weird character and normal things are happening or vice versa. It was like a we- weird characters in a weird place doing weird stuff. So there wasn't kind of anything to, ha- to hook onto to actually, like, generate the stories. It was just like, weird gag after weird gag yeah yeah which is how i see it as a skit as opposed to like an actual show you know back to diaspora it probably would be like trying to find like you know it's like and i mean essentially it's a neighborhood of people who've like immigrated and fallen through the cracks Mm -hmm. yeah 
yeah. that would be and like as they're all kind of trying to pursue the american dream and however like tainted that might be in their circumstances um what they're willing to give up about themselves to pursue that and how to generate a format out of that do you know what i mean right hmm. um i mean i suspect it would be more characters and kind of like hooking definitively onto a theme of it. You know? Well, this is, I mean, it's funny, but I'm actually going the way you are, Mike, where it would be a mm-hmm. one-off, like a, a film. Because then you're not stuck with, what are we going to do this week for Captain yeah. America and and yeah. Guilford and, you know, Donkey Skin? Like, it's, it's just, there's a an arc and an end. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if, if your main character is the Captain America, uh, you know, like you said, he starts off feeling like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, way better than all these people here and i need to get back out of here i need to get back into the marvel's tower in downtown disneyville and his character arc is you know accepting that he isn't that guy and that's okay and you know he has his family here now he has his avengers right yeah yeah Yeah, for sure um i mean again like bear in mind i I just kind of threw those characters down to have something to Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I got quite excited. I was like half hour before the call. I was like, oh shit, this sounds great. But um, I was like, I didn't have anything like that before Before that. So there might be characters that could be found that would have a more like kind of episodic uh, nature to them. For sure. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I mean, we're, we live in such a, an interesting world now in terms of like different formats where like you have shows that are like, I mean, something like Bojack Horseman doesn't necessarily have a really like clear episodic identity. Occasionally it does, but right. Ethan has a clear arc, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Hmm. No, I think it's cool. Um, well, do you want to move on to telling us what you think about our stuff? <laughs> well, about you emailed, um, your email was like, I have an idea about ARC. And I, and I, for one second, went, what? You know, and then I thought, oh, oh my God, ARC. Right, right. You know, like, I had to give it some thought. Like, what was ARC again? And then... <laughs> It all popped, and then it all sort of came like it flooded back. I was like, "Oh my god, right!" There's a short, short film idea, and and uh, and the well, you know genocide. <laughs> you know, it's how yeah, we live. Yeah. It's just one of those things. So I, I'm super, super excited about this. That you might have some way to revitalize uh, art, but also whatever ideas. Well, really. what I was interested in uh, when Stefan pitched me this podcast and talking about the ideas that he was talking about to me that time. What kind of struck me was it, it felt like a fun way to give ideas life and who knows where they might go in terms of outside of the podcast, or whatever. But like just again, like I, I think I said in the email, like that kind of creative chemical reaction where you like, I had an idea for this thing and you had an idea for that thing. And if we put them together, you might get a Charizard or whatever. And that's and, and that's exactly what what's been happening, and, yeah. and it's been it's been very very exciting. Um, and yeah. and I am I really am like going okay, tell me about Ark, like I, because I because it is one of those things that has just been sitting because we've been developing some other things, and and yeah. I I'm, I'm totally down to to hear. Okay, well I, I had I had an idea of my own for something that I kind of saw as being a um uh, maybe a comic book or something like that, um and I, I for want of a better title for it I chose I chose Voyage. Um, <laughs> Because, uh, uh, yeah, because I, I actually, I didn't use ARC uh, for, I can't remember exactly the reasons why, but that was, but then when I went on to the podcast listing, I saw ARC and I read the description and I was kind of like, this sounds like, this sounds like it's in very similar space and that kind of expanse slash Battlestar Galactica kind of space. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah. Your one's much more set on Earth, but, um, so what, what I, I had an idea for a thing that would be set on a 
what would be a generational space arc. It's left Earth now for a couple of hundred years heading towards where it's heading. But inside the ship, it's essentially like, again, it's like a city. It's like kind of like rendezvous with Rama or whatever. It's just this huge behemoth that people are living in like a city of a million strong, say. I don't know how realistic that is. I was just throwing ideas at it, you know? Right. And at the start of the story, one sector of the city floods. A water tank bursts and it drowns like a whole neighborhood of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And an investigation is kind of triggered to explore that. And it reaches the conclusion that uh, it was a... um, it was a, a, a water tank or whatever. But then a, a journalist finds out that she, she gets called by the medical examiner or whatever the equivalent would be in this space arc and is told that, like, they all drowned on salt water. It, it, it couldn't be a water tank, it was salt water. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the big reveal at the end of episode one or issue one would, it, issue one would probably end with the death of this journalist on their investigation because they find out that the ship actually crash-landed before it ever left Earth at all, and they've been underwater for the last 100 years. Um, hmm. I, I, mean, I don't know how realistic this is. When well, I, so, I okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm trying to find the name of this, this show, but there was a show in which um, they believed they were traveling through space, and they were part of like this big social experiment where yeah, gen- yeah, yeah. generationally they, they, they were actually not going in space at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember this show? What was it yeah, called? Yeah, I, this is uh, um, crap. I can't remember the name either, but uh, Trisha Helfer was in it. This is the one where I, I used Ty Templeton's uh, The Runner Ascension. That's it. Oh my God, that took forever. Um, so there's like a really strong runner in this that gives away the ending where you find out the ship never left, that these mm-hmm. people have just been yeah. like locked down since the 60s or whatever. And yeah, it it was a it was a weird show, but it, similar similar idea, except that there were like sort of machinations happening outside of the ship. Obviously, what was what I would try to do with this just to and try and leave it into arc would be that it, it comes out very quickly that the ship never left Earth. It's not like it's kind of like and what so so nobody what do we do people now? thought they had left, so that do they we? never got looked for because mm-hmm. they they thought that the ship had gone, but instead it had crashed. Yeah, so like, into the water. The, the way I was kind of looking at it is you know, that they've, there was some kind of like malfunction or some mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, whatever it was, sunspots um, X, X number of decades ago. So all the viewing decks are being closed since. And they, and like, it's just one of those things. It's just an accepted reality that we can. Oh yeah. Or, or, or it's a, it, it's built so that it's like, it's all internal there the, you know, well, the exterior walls are, are down. Precisely. Right? So. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, and, and like, again, this like investigating character, like I had this image of them, like, Finally, finding their way in this version into like one of these viewing rooms and finding mm-hmm. that they walk in and it's like a giant <laughs> fucking blue whale right past the window. You know, they've not left Earth at all. And the people in charge kind of said, like, well, what can we do? Mm-hmm. We can't. We can't leave. We can't get out of here. Uh, our days are numbered. We don't know how many how many years we have. We might have a thousand years. We might have fifty years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can kind of live and i guess the allegory is drawn quite easily towards our environmental mm-hmm. situation on earth right now you know and and then again what's the value of releasing this information to the people on board the ship because it's not going to change anything for them they can't go anywhere else like they have what they have for as long as they have it which is their their lives and their the people in their lives etc but then on the flip side i was thinking like what's happening was this the only ship that was being launched were there other ships being launched 
if they left the ship and got to land, is it actually okay on, on land? Do other ships come back? Yeah. Or blah, 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 blah. So I thought it could be interesting to kind of like see how that would smush together. Because what I didn't have was A, any kind of like hard, like I, I you know, I, I failed physics for the leave inserts. So I don't really know what actually is, <laughs> it, it, what actually makes hard sci-fi sense, do you know? Um, and I think with exploration, you very quickly kind of go like, this doesn't make any sense, bro. Um, but uh, I, I kind of felt like there was kind of something interesting to explore there. And the- Yeah, well, it's interesting because like with, with the art concept, I, I'm, I'm not a physicist either. But I mean, like, I, you know, I, I said to myself, I'm going to look up to see what's the closest M-class, you know, star or whatever class we, I don't know if that's a real classification. It's whatever they, they have for... Uh, like most science <laughs> shows where they say M class planet. I'm like, well, that's a thing, I guess. Okay. So, um, so, you know, I, I looked it up and it's like, Oh, well it's this far away. I'm like, okay. So that would take this long to get to if you're traveling sub light speed. And so that was how I was playing with it. It's just, we found the, the Goldilocks planet and it's this far away. I, I don't know. I mean, like there's an astrophysicist just like right now getting an eye twitch that because I'm saying this out loud, it's just like, oh God, why? You know, why does he talk <laughs> about stuff? He's. <laughs> I wish he'd talk about Muppets still. You know? So yeah, I totally agree. Like the, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's why you hire, you know, <laughs> physicists to to discuss that side of it to, <laughs> you know, consult. Because I because I, I assume that somebody would tell me, mm-hmm. you know, I'd hire somebody to to, to tell me how that actually works can't simply make things up i mean what am i <laughs> a maker upper guy <laughs> i just you know it's funny what i was thinking about that you know the, the, like how difficult it would be to to write the concept of a of a how would they not have known that they had crashed you know exactly that's a huge issue i mean at one stage, I was like, maybe the original survivors of the crash like just decided not to tell the next generation. Mm-hmm. It was a, ma- a mass compact, but much like you said on the Ark episode, it's like someone's gonna someone's gonna say something. Yeah, and I mean that was a great point that that Stefan had made. It was like, well, why, why don't you take the the conspiracy out of it? Because the conspiracy is the hardest part to actually make happen. But yes. you know, mm-hmm. if, if there was like the discovery is, yeah. you know, like James Cameron happens to be. You know, doing one of his deep sea dives, and he's down in the Marianas Trench, and 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 he's like, "Whoa, there's something down here." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, <laughs> they've gotten used to the pressure because yeah. that's what yeah. this this whole thing about the ship is. It's just about taking enormous pressure or something. But you know, there's no way to retrieve them. There's no way for them to escape. Yeah. It's kind of funny, but I'm like, beyond the logic of it, I love the idea that. Well, I don't know the the water. Something they just all drowned, you know. <laughs> like this this bulkhead broke and they just yeah. all drowned. Like I didn't realize there was a water thing out there, you know. But oh my god, this is all salt water. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like the ship is breaking down at last. That was kind of like whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in a desperate state, but they're they weren't aware of it. Precisely. Yeah. So suddenly, suddenly, it's like you know, we find out we've got like fifty years left in our current because we we mined so many of our fossil fuels or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess back to the head of the episode, the whole idea of like writing down stuff to find to as an experiment to find out what you actually find fun. I find writing conspiracies quite difficult. Um, I much prefer the probably not the right example in this context, but like episodes of the X Files, where like we know what the investigator is doing, then we also know what 
the person they're investigating is doing and the two plots wind up dovetailing you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so there's no real like big reveal yeah i agree going on so i think what would be really exciting about this episode or this the story would be like if we could open the open the the it's like again once everyone finds out what do they do and then thinking about it like dovetailing into something like the arc world where like maybe they even find out that all the other ships that left they all went right to the fucking sun <laughs> you know so like oh god i just i'm just thinking about like the fact that i was trying to write something where i'm just killing thousands of people (laughs) just kind of i don't find it funny that i'm I'm, that that's where my head went but i but i'm I'm going like oh yeah so it it, say one ship malfunctioned didn't actually take off or like started to take off and said crashed into the ocean and whatever type of sedative that i thought they would just be dead but maybe it's just an actual sedative and they just sleep until they crash into the sun or whatever it just wears off and there's like a oh man this ain't good <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess it was kind of like i guess what i was what i was lacking from my um from my voyage story was like all the detail like world building infrastructure that you had, had put in so like the, mm-hmm. the idea of arc and build and how why they, they were going yeah why they were going all that kind of stuff like what i had was like really uh, an inciting incident mm-hmm. and uh, a reveal and a setting yeah yeah and i was wondering how it would work to like smush the different bits together and see what would manifest yeah it's funny i, I kind of want to watch that ascension show again because i remember it wasn't awful yeah, it also had a very similar structure where there was, I mean, aside from all the stuff that was on Earth, uh, on the like the in the social experiment, the you know the guy, the people who thought they were in a spaceship, there were kind of two things that were happening. One was there was a um, a, a murder investigation, mm-hmm. and two there was this girl who talked about the visitors, and they all thought she was bonkers, but she essentially was. I don't know if it was supposed to be... She was psychic? or Psychic, yeah. yeah. But she was actually... I guess the big thing was that she was partially immune to uh, a sedative. So in, in that show, uh, they would do these things like, oh, solar flare's coming. Everyone get into your into your solar flare-proof booth. right? And, right. and all the families would run into those booths, and they get gassed, which knocks them out. But that was just a means of control so that the people on Earth could just walk into the space station and, and check on stuff and do whatever it is that they needed to do like for maintenance. And this, this young girl was, was um, able to stay aware through all of that. So she knew that these, these people existed. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Wow, weird. When you hinge Anton on a twist, like your twist has got to be like, Jesus Christ. Like I've never, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil Ascension for you guys because the, the real twist came at the end of the first season. And unfortunately there won't be any more seasons, but the end of the first season is that somebody ends up on a, on a distant planet, like for reals, for reals now. Hmm. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. It was kind of more interesting before when people were like yeah. digging their way out of the spaceship and finding out that they're not in space, but they're in, in like an underground bunker. And they're like, WTF? I mean, it, it's like it's interesting in space we're in right now. No, no pun intended. Like st- <laughs> in terms of story, like I always kind of hold up like Westworld and and Game of Thrones side by side. Mm-hmm. I love Game of Thrones, um, and and I, I I like Westworld plenty. I'm never going to watch not watch Robot Cowboys. Yeah, but it, <laughs> having existential crises. I mean, that's my jam. But it's like I guess one show is kind of about like um, uh, uh, what's going to happen next, and other show is about what's happening now. Um, 
as in like there's constantly a set of reveals coming that are showing you um what you thought uh, constantly reversals coming that are showing you what you thought you knew was a lie or whatever right right and it's more fun when you've got everything on the table because now you're like i know everything and i've just got to see how it all plays out i've got a sense of drama and tension whereas like i thought i knew stuff but now they're going to reveal things i didn't know and it kind of makes things a little more weightless at least in television for sure like and, and when you like when you have a, a series ongoing and every week you've got a billion people like working out what what every single twist so if you read any of the the um the kind of like what people are thinking about, there is yeah someone's worked it out you know what i mean because there's only so many different ways we can go so it's like it almost feels like a, a uh, pointless exercise when it, yeah it's interesting so uh, the the whole idea of mystery I've actually been working on a on a um, on a presentation thing um, that revolves around uh, around a mystery and it made me think about where J.J. Abrams talks about his mystery box yes yes and how it doesn't really matter what's in the box and I to an extent I agree so like the the analogy or the example of pulp fiction where what's in the briefcase oh, you don't know what, doesn't yeah. matter it does not matter it just meant to be something profound or important mm-hmm. it does not matter what's in that box mm-hmm. because the story is not about the mystery the mystery of the box is just a macguffin yeah. right but when you're dealing with something like Lost, where you've set up a show that is about a mystery, where the audience is going to be like, we're trying to solve this while we watch it. Mm-hmm. And then to find out that, you know, the creator of the show has this theory of, oh, well, I don't know what the mystery is because it doesn't matter what the mystery is. I'm like, yeah, it does matter when your show is about the effing mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not trying to make a profound point with the briefcase in full fiction. Yeah, so if you're gonna if you're going to make a show that has these twists and these reveals, and that's where I feel like um, Westworld actually did it quite well, because if you go back and you look at those episodes, you can see how they actually work. Like that mystery was there to be solved if you could figure it out beforehand, and they didn't shy away from the fact that that was the actual story. Fans started figuring that out and started pointing at clues that they thought proved the theory correct and at the, at the end of the day they were right and good on the writers and on on the producers of that show to not cave and and make it no 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 we, we're much more clever than that that's <laughs> i, I would have caved yeah. i would have caved in that <laughs> you would have been like no you're no you're wrong um were there any other um of our topics that you you're like oh i'd like to visit that well i mean i i have talked a little bit about um uh, talked a little bit about hand jobs to to <laughs> Stefan before, and TV show. Um, I like that you hesitated there. Yeah, uh, I, I talked to Stefan uh, about, about <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that um, show you discussed. The show you discussed and hand jobs. Um, I was because you mentioned one, but one thing you mentioned was that like an alternate title was handiwork, which I assume was like H A N D I W O R K. Yes, and I'm wondering um, because it, in Ireland it's a, it's a colloquialism, I think, um, to say that you got handiwork, like H A N D Y space W O R K. Right, it's easy work. Huh. Yeah, uh, uh, easy money. Know, yeah, easy, yeah. So I got like handiwork. I don't know if that would be something that would translate so well. 
uh, as, a, as an alternate title. But I no, it, but it would be an interesting. It would be an interesting little like uh, connection that some people would know and some people wouldn't. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. As, as opposed to the discomfort of people going, "Oh, I like this show, but I can't say its title." <laughs> <laughs> Do you like handjobs? <laughs> well, there, no, I, I did have an I, I thought after listening to it the other day, because it does seem like there's a lot of like um, potential for it, more than skits, um, but it would depend on the depth that you're willing to, or you're able to get into with the characters, I suppose. Um, it made me think a little bit of Party Down. Have you ever watched Party Down? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, sure. It would be in that sort of vein of show, I think. Mm-hmm. The idea was that it's a show about vain people who are vain about something very bizarre. They don't all necessarily look like supermodels. They they look like normal people. They just happen to have really nice hands. Yeah, yeah. The the, the I, I had one idea for an episode that I wrote down. I had a couple of ideas when I was going around, but the one I can remember most well is like, I think you talked about an episode where um, Clara winds up in the hospital or someone winds up in the hospital because they've hurt their hand. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really like the idea that Clara winds up in the hospital like with something quite minor, like she's got like a minor fracture on her finger, but all of her her peers treat her like she's just got like stage four cancer. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it would just like like you and I get a get a nick on our hands. We're like, oh, I got a little, uh, I got a little cut there on my knuckle. Oh well, whatever. It'll it'll heal in like a week. Yeah. Worse, they would be like, that means I'm out of work for the next week. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to any hand mm-hmm. models listening, we we want you to know we respect your business and your career. Yeah, and and I mean the challenges you you have to go through in life. I mean, like, what do you do with a hangnail? Am I right? How do you clean dishes? Oh my god, you must not swim. No, like yeah. my fingers are all pruny is like yeah. a curse. I hope your fingers get pruny. <gasps> you take that back. You- <laughs> I'm trying to figure out when I can say give them all a hand. I think that went back. <laughs> uh, no, the it's the, the worst award show ever is the hand model award show because nobody applauds. No, nobody applauds. <laughs> they just waving their hands in the air. You know, they're like just like, waving their hands. Oh, no. No, <laughs> no. Just some, some, some like tech guru creates an app that just plays, uh, you know, applause. Yeah. They hold, they hold, everyone holds Golf up their clap. Phone. I'm golf clap. Yeah. Raucous applause. Oh my god. I'll just say raucous applause. Raucous applause. Raucous applause. Just yell it. Raucous applause. Yeah. Golf clap. You know what? I deserve more support from you, sir. Golf clap. I can see you mouthing the that words. Would, that would be so good if you never brought it up. It was never a thing that is explained. It, it just they just yell it. it just they, you just see them and they all go raucous applause, clapping, applause, and, yeah, clapping, and, and, and you're just like, what? Why? And, and just, just oh, oh, one character that they don't want that they didn't want to, like Clara, say doesn't want somebody to get a, a particular reward, and they get it. And everybody else is going clapping, 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 and just comes up to her coach. She goes, not clapping, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not clapping. <laughs> Clara, stop being such a bitch. <laughs> it's Clara. I've told you a dozen wow. times now. <laughs> yeah, I really hope you go this season. Um. But the subplot that's an episode when like everyone's in hospital with her because she's dealing with this in an overblown fashion. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it'd be really funny if Owen realized that her surgeon slash doctor had the most beautiful hands he'd ever seen. And <laughs> like, you know, the most gifted, like pediatric neurosurgeon in the city to quit his, to quit his, um, his medical oh. career to become a hand model um, and to live the dream that he never got to live himself. Right. I think yes. That'd, that'd be real fun. Without telling him that, that he makes three times as much as a neurosurgeon or as a whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I mean, what do you, what do you take? What's your take home? Like 50, 60 grand a year? No, no. Like 300, 400,000. Really? Um, so as a hand model. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you fulfilled? Yes, deeply. Um, but, uh, I think deeply. <laughs> He would just keep like blue bottling against this guy's this guy's life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I saved a child this morning, and uh, I'll tell you, his parents were beyond uh, happy. They it was just we all cried. You know, I even feel it right now. It's, it was a beautiful moment. But have you ever thought about hand modeling? <laughs> you've got a, you've got a, you've got a future. Well, you've got like six years. Um, <laughs> And then, and then, <laughs> Until your you mid forties, yeah. there's not a lot of age in hand modeling. <clears throat> oh no, there's the there's the rugged dude. There's the rugged marble man character who's like that's right. They they use he's all in all the close-ups of like people doing things with horses, <laughs> or like or like holding hammers for uh, you know pickup truck ads. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I think as well. You're if you were to do a season of uh, say hand, hand jobs to do like the first your first episode, it could be very interesting if you open your first episode with like Tom Cruise of hand modeling has just died. Oh yeah, <laughs> he died on set, and like so suddenly there's like there's a they're looking for the new star. That would be like your first season is kind of that's what kind of your season you could be your season arc, right? Or it could suddenly yeah. now. The, your your the city is swamped with work. They're they're like whoever like hoovered up all the work now. It's gone. Yeah, and they've all got to try and like fill that try and fill that space. <laughs> that would work. Those, those are my 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 ideas that I had cycling around Dublin around uh, your show. Yeah, no, this is I, I like the idea of having some kind of like overarching uh, subplot throughout a season. So the idea that yeah, like a, a prominent hand model has passed away, and now a there's more work, and b someone's going to have to take their place. Yeah. You know, or another another season could be the the rival hand model agency that opens up, and they're all like, you know, at the awards, the person who keeps getting all the awards is from the other agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Polite I mean, applause. Polite yeah. applause. No more applause. No, I wonder, is no there, applause. Is, is there a world where, like, you know how, like, in, in car ads, that, you know, to keep, I don't know if you've heard this, but, like, every, like, car, modern car advertisement you see, the actual car that's being advertised is not in the ad at all. It's oh, just, yeah, it's all CG. Yeah, it's just yeah. a chassis. So yeah. it would be kind of interesting if, like, hand modeling is becoming obsolete because they're bringing in like oh no but you'd, ha- you'd have to go ridiculous like it's a full cyborg robot arm with a bunch of dots put... over the hands that they... yeah and, and you could just literally put any any skin or or you know color or or sex or anything over it and uh, and they can program it with acting and they come to the model agency agency oh this is good yeah i like that <laughs> like we want to hire you to act so that we can get our robot uh, artificial intelligence to act yeah. more like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're training how to make yourself obsolete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
but then you turn it into like a whole uh, you know like 2001 hal issue where you have this this robot arm that's, that's taking over yeah, maybe it gets programmed to kill somebody <laughs> it's been sabotaged by the by the guy who owns the modeling agency he keeps yeah. sabotaging yeah. it but he's really bad at it so it's like you know, he reprograms it to be more gentle with the things that it's touching. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to make a crush a can. It's like instead, it just, the cans keep slipping out of its hand. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's picking it up. <laughs> it's, it won't pet the cat. Why won't the robot hand pet the cat? <laughs> or it like, it like takes on the personality of one of the characters. <laughs> like, it's giving everyone the finger. <laughs> or. or just- in, in his efforts to kind of reprogram it to be shit, he winds up making it amazing at a particular other thing. That's how it solves the episode. So it's like, you know, it becomes like the most amazing, like, AI guitar player the world has ever seen. <laughs> the angry Momstein of, of hand yeah. models. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Just one hand. <laughs> but, Always just one handed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember thinking, I, I, I didn't get any further than, but there has to there has to be an episode that is about uh, arm wrestling. Something happens with arm wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of was going down the road of there's a character who comes on board who wants to become a, a hand model and he was the star of like the WWF of arm wrestling mm-hmm. and make it so that there's this whole like... Uh, huge industry about arm wrestling that's just like the WWF where they all have characteristics and costumes but their costumes are just gloves <laughs> I don't know and, and, and somehow he's like you know like the whole idea of you know like wrestlers who become movie stars here's like a wrestler who wants to become a, a hand model and they're all like you can't you can't do what we do yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good idea. <laughs> really, really, really fun. <laughs> and just get get like a, a Dave Batista to play that character. I think that would be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Or just Dave Batista's arm. Yeah, <laughs> you never yeah. see Dave Batista just his arm. arm. But yeah, the guy we see the guy, but whenever it comes to his arm, it's just like, and we just see it on camera. So like his arm looks totally different on camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 then like the end of the episode is like fucking whoever it is it's like Bert has to arm wrestle him or something this might not work in continuity but like he reaches in his arm and then his arm is played by Dwayne Johnson <laughs> oh, that'd be so good <laughs> oh yeah just the idea that we would do we would do uh, guest appearances of, of celebrity arms yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. every episode yeah 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 I wonder what the rules are for that like would you have to credit the actor if it's only their arm oh yeah he, i'm sure well i well wait tom cruise wasn't credited in tropic thunder no and um right? and I, I think all the celebrity cameos as stormtroopers weren't credited no i don't think as, so right so i wonder if 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 an arm is enough mm-hmm. is it is it more fun or less fun to have them credited like i, I think I, I think it'd be more fun <laughs> Yeah, because usually I would say it's more fun to not credit a celebrity, but in the case when you, when at the start of the episode, it was like guest starring Dave Batista, and like, yeah. well, for Dave Batista, and then at the end, you're like, where the hell is Dave Batista? Like, oh, that was his arm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be like, if you got some, if you can set people up to be searching for somebody, you know? It would work the once, I think. After that, you could kind of like. You just, you just bring that up on the late night shows, right? Like you have somebody on a late night show, and the, and they're they're like, uh, oh yeah, we had a lot of guest appearances on the show. We had this person, that person. They're like, they're like, what? We've never seen that. You guys have had a full season. We haven't seen any of those people yet. Oh no, well it's just their arms. 
yeah. It's like in this episode where it's literally just the characters at a coffee shop and, and someone gets handed a coffee that was actually, that was, that was you know. Kirsten uh, Dunst. Yeah, that was, she basically <laughs> handed him that coffee. Yeah. She get, was you around. Get, you get Bill Hader on to impersonate somebody's arm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He did a really good job. <laughs> so, Mike, I got to say, I, this has been a true pleasure. Oh, great. Thank you very much. I, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show, man. We, we always do it. I really enjoyed it. And, I mean, whatever about like doing it again in terms of like being a guest, I mean, I, I just really enjoy sitting around and chatting about ideas. So if you want to just like just do some like brainstorming. Ooh, yeah. I think you might be onto something there, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> brainstorming is where we're at. Um, yeah, no, I'm really down with having another conversation with you. Great. Thank um, you uh, whether that's as an episode or just conversation, but uh, Stefan, do you want to lead us out? Sure, Mike. Thanks again for being on the show. This was this was a lot of fun, and uh, want to say another successful episode, uh, another successful long distance uh, guest appearance. I am one of your hosts, Stefan Grambart. I am your other host, Hugh Elliott, and I am your guest, Mike Enan. <laughs> this episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Can't